Hey everyone, how is it going? It is another episode of the Done Deal Show uh, with me here, Tanasha Chaponda, and our co-host Tonje. How's it going? I'm good. It's been a week, man. Like I missed you. Like so much to talk about. <laughs> right, right, right. So much to talk about. So how was your week, man? Overall, my week was pretty good. You know, I think as we wrap up Q1 here. Some brands are very excited, you know, for the next quarter. Some are shaky because of TikTok. But overall, in the agency world, it's been a lot of fun. And yourself, how's it going in the tech world? <laughs> in the tech world, like, it's shaky, right? Uh, we see AI eating the world. Um, there's a lot of tech layoffs. And I think it's also impacting a lot of, like, creator startups, you know, like. But it's a good time to be competitive, you know, like. When there's a crisis, there's always opportunities. And so if, you know, like talent managers or people in the infrastructure marketing industry have to reduce their budgets, they would go for the best services. So, yeah. and it's a message for, you know, like entrepreneurs out there is it's when you have to step up your game. Exactly. And kind of going off that, you know, which helps with today's episode, Episode three today, we're talking about taking the leap, right? How to start your career in talent management as an entry-level talent manager. Or maybe you're someone who's been on the brand side, right? Where you might be doing influencer marketing. You've had a few influencers reach out to you about wanting to have you manage them. And you're like, hey, should I do this? Should I not? Or just in general. So this is going to be a very exciting episode we'll get into here. But before we do that, a lot of exciting stuff. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Oh, me hold on or you hold on? No, 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 no. Like people have to hold on because we have like exciting news. Oh, yes. So basically, please, Tinashe, share with our audience like the lineup that we prepare for them. Mm-hmm. And after the lineup, there's a surprise for people who want to meet us in person. Yeah, exactly. So we have some amazing upcoming guests for the Dundee show. And we'll be putting it in the description for you. Avi Gandhi. He is a consultant, a strategist. He has been in the creator space for quite some time now. Uh, I know he was former Patreon, Wheelhouse, et cetera. He'll be coming on next week. We have Mary Grace Scully is another one, also in the digital marketing as well. She'll be coming on and really talking about UGC content and influencer marketing. We have Duke McKenzie is another one. He is uh, the CEO of Project and Next a uh, talent management, and they manage one of the biggest, actually the biggest TikToker in the world. They are the USA uh, manager for Kabi Lame itself. That's another episode. Whoa, Jesus. Wow, wow, wow. On wow, the line, fire. we also fire. have on top of that, Travis Montecu. Uh, he is the CEO and co-founder of Group Black and also a co-founder and founder of Crater as well. They'll be coming on Group Black. This organization that was able to, you know, get uh, 500 million of brand commitment for diversity marketing and initiatives. So that's really exciting. We also have drum roll, please. Drum it, drum it, drum it. <laughs> we have also on the lineup Brooke Berry as well. She is the head of talent development at Snap. So she'll be coming on and really, you know, educating talent managers on what you should know about Snap to educate your creators. Let's pause here because I feel like... Yeah, I'm not done yet. There's more, but let's pause right here. No, I know, I know, I know. I was like, let's pause here because I feel like, you know, like we spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and there's a lot of content and people doing like chat GBT posts 
you know, we, we know you use ChatGPT to write those posts, but I feel like there's a lack of real content, people coming and sharing insights. And so I just hope that people appreciate that we are trying to change the narrative and we are so grateful for those amazing guests to, yeah. you know, like be able to make some time to come here and share the knowledge with you guys. Exactly. Exactly. So this is definitely going to be a very exciting next month or so. So all April, some heavy hitters going into May. We've, we're even scheduled all the way into May. So every week, the Done Deal Show, you'll be getting it live here on LinkedIn. And if you're watching this for the re-recording, you found our podcast as well, too. So that's some exciting news there. We have more guests. I'll list them as we go. But Tonje, what's thought, happening? Wait, 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 wait. There's something else. Like, okay, because people ask him themselves, like, okay, how do I become a guest? You know, like we hear this list and we feel like, oh, like I should be there and 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 you know, like share my knowledge. So, 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 what's the best way to to reach out to us? Yeah, exactly. So the easiest way to reach out, honestly, is to go and DM me on LinkedIn. So DM Tinashe or myself yep. on LinkedIn. This is like where we operate, and you'll be on the list, right? Exactly. The list. Exactly. It's getting pretty long. It's getting um, long. Yeah, we're all the way in May right now. And we have, I think, two days left in May, and then we're going to be start working on June. So the other exciting news is the fact that we're hosting four dinners in person in LA for rising tenant managers. It will happen at Soul House, this very exclusive private club in West Hollywood. And the idea of this Dinners are, you know, it's pretty simple. It's to connect uh, with talent managers, to have talent managers and some people in the infrastructure marketing industry to come together to share notes, mm -hmm. to potentially like start to do some business together. It's sponsored by OnScale. OnScale is my startup company where we build basically the sales force for talent managers. And so we will put a link in description and feel free to sign up and food is on us. So just like come hang out, meet your peers and don't feel like isolated. I know we're going to talk about it uh, later, but for the most talent managers, it's a lonely journey. You'll be yeah. surrounded by, by, by your roster, but at the end of the day, you it's lonely. And so... At OnScale and, and Done Deal, we're trying to build a community of talent managers. So just come join. Exactly. Yeah. So I will be there too. We'll be able to meet. It'll be a lot of fun. So now let's get into the meat of it, right? The actual episode. Let's talk about it, right? We feel there's a lot of exciting stuff, especially this only being episode three. But something we wanted to do was kind of peel it back and talk about that one person listening to this who's like, you know what? I've been considering being a talent manager or... Maybe this is a jump that I want to make or completely change verticals. You might not even be in the influencer space at all, but it intrigues you. This episode will really break down kind of, you know, the core basics of what is a talent management business and the economics of it and really some things to prepare for if you're interested in jumping in full. So to get started, Tonje, let's just talk about the model of talent management. Let me intro this topic with some shades, right? I think... No, like we all know like someone who pretends to be a tenant manager because he's a cousin of a friend of an actual creator, right? And those people are doing decks, 
uh, spreadsheets and they send those spreadsheets to, to, to brands. And that's why a lot of talent managers have a bad rep, right? Because we don't know, like, there's a lack of transparency and it feels shady, right? And I think we can share some tips with, you know, like emerging talent managers on how to behave or how to present yourself in a professional manner, right? And I think a lot of talent managers need to hear this. And so let's start with, you know, like, how do you interact with the talent you want to sign? It's just like, do you just look at the follower accounts and you just sign them? Is there like an interview process that you put in place? Because the way you sign your influencer will also reflect on the relationship you will have with this influencer. If you make it too easy, you will realize that, you know, there's, you know, like, it's like, like a restaurant. You go in, you go out, it's easy. So, so tell, tell us. Yeah, I would say first that the model of talent management, right? So you are a talent manager. The majority of management is commission-based. So you don't get paid until the influencer gets paid. So one, you have to really think about, is this someone that I like? Right? I think that's the first thing to what say, do you especially. Mean? What, what do you mean? Do you like the content? Do you like no, the No, meaning do you like the person as a, a whole? So meaning like when you have that initial interaction with these people, do you even quote unquote vibe with them? Is that like a natural Oh, so, so now you're holistic. Thing? You're talking about like energies. Well, we it's important because especially when they get started, right? Like even when I got started, I was working my butt off for free. And some of the deals I did, I either paid for myself or I was just like, hey, let me just get you deals. Oh, it's whatever amount. No worries. I don't need to get paid anything to really build that trust in that beginning. I'm so confused. Is it this like being a manager is a business, right? So yeah. what is this business where you, you go and you make no money? It's not a business, right? So the reason I bring that up is because through the world of talent management, it's relationships, right? So... There are things we've done for super discounted or even for free or use my resources and connections to strengthen a relationship with the intent of profit long term, right? So the reason I'm saying that's a core foundation when you're going to sign, right, is just because like, especially when they get started, like we talk about expectations, right? It's really important that you don't overpromise and say that you can do, do it all. I think that's one thing that I saw a lot of managers do wrong in the beginning where it's, oh, I can get your deals, but can you do photo shoots for me? Yeah, sure. Events? Yeah, sure. So I think it's one when you talk about expectation is what is that one thing you're really good at? Is it a business of relationships or a business of reputation? And it, it's so, it's close, but it's not the same, right? Because the issue is like, when you enter this entertainment industry for the first time, you feel like, oh, it's all about relationships. So you will go like all the way. You, you, will, you will pay for food. You will pay for Ubers. You will feel like, oh, I want a show that can provide. But by doing this, this creator or influencer, we never worked before. We had no comparable. We'll be like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. This is, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm the star. I'm this big shot. And so you're supposed to pay for my Uber. You're supposed to pay for my food and stuff. And, and not necessarily think about the business model. That's actually you only make money when they make money, right? Yeah. And so I'm thinking that it's more business of reputation. 
And it's better to be known by traders because you know how to run your business. You know how to say actually no to a creator. You know how to explain that, no, I would not pay for your Uber because, you know, it would come from my pockets. This is not sustainable. And so as you build your like your reputation of being like a professional, you know your numbers. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, but I think when I say things I did or it was more of my time, right? I think that's a really key thing. And also remember, we're dealing with managers or people who've never done this space before. So majority of you don't have brand connections. Majority of you don't know what you're doing. So when we got into it, we were very much transparent as in, hey, in 2020, we're a new you know, agency. This is our past. This is what we're really good at. This is what we're trying to do. So people were signing on knowing they're growing. I'm growing. I love the fact that it's like more high touch, right? Emerging uh, agency. So we've always been relationship driven first because in terms of profitability, we've gotten smarter with how to build these relationships, right? Where now our like donation of, of relationship gain is our time. Get on a quick 30 minute call. I can bring in a, a, a Joe from Brand Partnerships to strategize with you. That brings value to that influencer. I don't necessarily even have to take up to dinner. You know, we actually stopped doing that kind of stuff for influencers because with the core value of what they need is no matter how much deals and money you'll get them, they will, it will never be enough. And there'll always be another manager across the street offering more, promising more. So we don't really focus on monetary more than we do like actual, hey, I see you as a person. And if you want to call me and rant about your day, I'll be there for you now. It kind of goes down to what's that relationship that you want. But when you're starting off in entry level, you have to, you know, you're starting from the bottom again. You have to, you know, make people like you and give you opportunity for the next thing. You know, so that's what I really what I mean. And I think where people fail, they invest too much money. And instead, it's just about investing your time. Yeah, as long as you know why you do what you do and that it's a transition phase, this is not yeah. like, the, the, the nature of your relationship with your creator is, is really important because I feel like as a talent manager just start their business, there's this like tension between, you know, like this transactional relationship with the creator. Yeah. So like I'm a service provider, you my, you know, my client. And almost this, this, this idea of, Oh, I have to help a creator. Like, like, like creators are so naive and so fragile that I have, we're like babies. Like, like, you know, like I have to take care of them. And by acting like this, some people in the industry treat creators like they are like children. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, well and so then the whole relationship of, of, Valuing your time as a professional, then, you know, like there's a distortion. And so why I'm, I'm mentioning this, and this is really important, is as you start in this industry, you have to know your time is valuable. You have to set boundaries with your um, talent roster. You have to be clear about like what are the services you're offering. Otherwise, this business will not be profitable for you. I'm telling you. Yeah, well, you know, I think kind of going even deeper because most people watching this haven't experienced it. So they might not necessarily 
see the connection, right? So when we talk about services, right, what are those services that a manager can provide? The most basic sense is getting brand deals for someone. That's like the most basic, right? Very self-explanatory. The second level is that more managerial career development. You're going to lean on me more than just deals. I'm going to come to you because maybe I want to get into YouTube. What's your advice? So maybe I want to get into merch, right? Like this is a creator merch. What's your advice there? So that's like the next level. Then I would say the third level of that is more high touch talent development. The difference from this last one is more advisory. The third one is, hey, I'm going to find the videographer you for your you know, YouTube. I'm going to uh, help you get into music. I'm going to call you know, managers and try to help you with collaborations. I would say if you're at entry level, I would highly focus on just brand deals. Totally agree. So let's get into it. So, so you see this creator, or maybe you, you have like more than one creator now, you're a bit more advanced. You, you graduate from the state where like you actually have a friend that is a creator or your cousin. How do you rerun interviews? Like how do you know that you will vibe with this person? Oh, actually this creator, she's a professional. Yeah, so I have a background in HR, like in terms of like some internships here, you know. I'm not saying big background, like I was in, in a corporation. I never, I, I jumped straight from college to entrepreneurship. But I've always loved that interview HR process of things. So for me, it starts the moment I reach out, how they're responding, how long it takes for them to respond. So we really broke our interview structure into two. And it's always been like this, even from the beginning. Uh, we do one intro that's about 30 minutes, very technical, right? Who like focus on them, their goals, what they're trying to do. And what that does is it really allows you to establish and listen to what they want to see if that's a good fit. Interview number two is more of a vibe check where either it'll be if you're a solo talent manager, you might meet them again, right? For a quick 10 minutes. And that's where you would, let's say, give them the offer or if you have any additional questions. But what's important through the whole process is I'm paying attention to how quick you respond. Do you show up for the first one? Are you late, right? There's been instances where now we're so strict that like if someone reschedules after the like the first one and the way they reschedule, is it 30 minutes before you reschedule or it's, it's been 10 minutes in the meeting and then you reschedule? Those little things now, we would literally go when I'm being forward with this person because we're that strict now back yeah so here we are like I love what you just said because it reminds me relationships like actual you know like real life relationship with like someone that you like the things that you don't like with the person at the first date is the reason why a few months or few years later you would break up so it's interesting to pay attention to details and to ask yourself, am I able to deal with this behavior? And this is exactly what you described because as a talent manager, a creator that you interview reschedule five minutes before you know, the interview, you can be sure that as a client, this person will cancel a campaign one day before actually like shooting the video, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and really it's everything, right? So I'm looking at the way they say it. Are they sorry? Are they 
oh, I forgot. Because some talent are just so naive that they say things like, oh, I forgot. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm playing basketball. Can we? Do-? So even like the professionals know that even if they were to, let's say, forget, professionally, there's a certain way, right? It's like those, those smart kids in, in school. So yeah, I would definitely would say that. And then I would also then look at... On this, on this point, oh, so, sorry to cut you off, but on this point, it depends on like how old are they and their experiences, right? Like someone like who's like not in high school would not necessarily say I was playing basketball, right? So it's also the, I guess you have to adapt based on you know like the type of creators you you work with even if as a professional it's challenging <laughs> you have to manage your nerves yeah and to go off that right so when we talked about you know just getting them to the meeting let's talk about the actual meeting and what we focus on so for us what we do is we say we bring them in and first i just start off by saying i like to frame This meeting is going to be more just to get to know you, get to know us. Very technical. We have two meetings. If this goes well, really important, we'll let you know if you made it to the next round. So what's really key is the exclusivity and the need to not need to sign them right away. Then our processes mm-hmm. will intentionally wait two to three days before letting them know about the next phase, right? And everything to see, are they serious? Are they actually going to come back? But while I'm in the interview, I'm looking at really are they passionate about the work that they do? And it can be typical goals from, you know, uh, describe your creator process. What are your one year goals for this year? Uh, what's your overall career goals? Are there any areas that you're looking to, you know, expand in? And then what I ask is very important is what are you looking for for management? Right. And then mm-hmm. it's either, oh, it's my first time. Then it allows you to kind of craft and build a relationship better. If they already have management, Or had it in the past, I then go, if they say that they're still with them, it can be a red flag if the next question I say is, hey, have you talked to your management about this? If they say no, then to me, it's like that you would do the same to me. If they say, yes, I've talked to them and they know I'm planning on leaving. Yeah, yeah. So on this thing, first, it's quite funny when it's their, their first interaction with a tenant manager because you know that they were watching like movies and, you know, like, They think that you talent manager that the same talent manager that manage, you know, like, I don't know, Beyonce or Elvis, you know, they have all those movies in their mind. And so they expect you to, you know, like be on the road with them all the time. But there's different type of talent managers, right? Especially when you like entry level talent manager, like Tinashe said, you have to focus on revenue and so it's brand deals so you don't have to be on the road and brainstorm for hours w- with your creators my, my other point is i don't see as a red flag if a creator comes to you and trying to see if it's a good match and not necessarily talk about it to their current uh, manager because you know maybe they're not in a good place it's a competitive world and maybe they heard about you and very excited about you so I just want to check. Well, for me, it's more of, okay, you're talking to us. That's fine. But have you have you disclosed any issues with your management? That's the main thing. Oh, is that thing. different? So okay. it's okay. a, hey, oh, no, they don't even know I have issues. I've Like, for example, oh, I'm looking around and they're just not really giving me much deals. I, and I don't really feel like they're supporting me. Did you bring that up to them? No. Well, 
well, you got to have some type of professional development. Now it's different. If, hey, I've already talked to them. We've chatted. It just doesn't work. We've had those conversations where people are like, I've tried. I'm doing it. So and that's the type of creator I want, right? It's communication goes both ways. So what I mean is I'm not saying there's nothing. There's an issue with going to talk to other management while you're signed. But it's are you communicating and trying to make it work with the first person? Because if you don't try it all, then you do this and you sign to us. We're very much word straight to the point. We like people to be transparent. So if a month down the road or three months later, you sign to us and you just leave one day, I go, what's wrong? And you go, oh, it was because of X, Y, and Z. And it could have been fixed with a simple, you know, conversation and then tweak. I don't want to deal with that. And mainly why we're so strict is because there's millions of creators. We have the choice to pick who we want. And the time you invest, so so because I know like there's some like talent managers or aspiring talent managers that are listening and are like, why should I like spend that much time doing interviews and let you know a few days pass before I give them my answer? Is that the time that you spend now is time that you will save later. Trust me. Because if you don't filter the right creators, and I'm not talking about the quality of their content, I'm talking about your ability to communicate with them, they will drag you down and not necessarily intentionally because they're not necessarily bad people. It's because they don't have, you know, a framework on how to behave in a professional relationship. One thing that I feel like we are discussing right now is the fact that not all, but a lot of creators are very young and it might be their first professional experience. So if you choose to work with like young creators, you have to be ready to, I don't like the term educate them because, you know, like sounds very bad, but to, to guide them in this new relationship, right? But it's time consuming. Again, I repeat, you have to value your time. Yeah, and I, I would definitely, yeah, I would say too off of that, you know, if you're listening, that is the one thing, right? It's interesting when you're entry level and you're going into this space and you're like, you don't know. So you need to almost like learn it, the space, but we're, you know, kind of having a conversation and how I naturally learned this, but now I'm hearing you talk is there's a difference what you're saying in terms of your personal business, you know, framework and how you want to do business relationships, then there's the actual side of influence award and you coming in to learn new things. So I think what you're talking about is really important because when I got into the space, I was kind of hopping in with, you know, past experiences as an influencer, but I've never been in the business space. So I was saying yes to a lot of things, right? Like this merch, we, I invested into this merch, right? I've, I've done this, I've done that, I've done it all to figure out where I am now. But the one thing that I, we got stronger every single year with was what are the values and the ethics of the people we want to be around and what is our professional zero tolerance like must you know this is how we do things and ever since we've really solidified that and we use that same essentially your mission your vision right and your core values regardless of any business industry we keep the same model and that's what's helped us really strengthen. So before you start signing, right, really break down like what's your goals and values as a business and a manager, then go off and see who you want to connect with. Because it's true, some people just want money and there's some talent that work really well with managers who are just about running the money up, right? They probably don't, they don't chat as much. They're more like, hey, here's a deal. Thank you, get it done. And they very transactional and that's completely okay. 
right? Some managers are more emotional and like to be more invested into it, right? They want to get to know the person, know their family, when they're sick, when their birthday, send them flowers, right? That's another type. And those are values that you might that's value. Okay. Yeah. That's okay, yeah. right? So I think a lot of it is just figuring out who you value. And the issue is when you, one, don't know your values, you then two, are, are, are new and trying to just get whatever you can. So you're saying yes to everything. You're over-promising. So then you create this false image of what you aren't. You sign. A couple months later, there's so many issues. Oh, the t- talent's not giving enough time or this. Well, it's because you didn't even market yourself properly to attract the right creators. Exactly. And so let me add this to, to, to this point is if you ask to emerging talent managers why we do what we do, we will say like, I want to help creators. I want to almost like save them, right? I want to take care of them and I want to nurture them. I want them to feel very comfortable. But it's it's great, and I, and I support this. But you should also think about like how you're gonna pay your rent, how you're gonna make money, how you're gonna empower your team. So it's with income, and there's a great industry that is all about like caring and make you feel comfortable, and you know like it's like the hospitality industry. When you go to a five star or four star hotel, you will feel good. The whole team will take care of you. You know, you will feel like a star. But at the end of the day, there's a bill and they charge you for this. So they care as much, but it's still a business. And the client should pay the price. And the price is a commission. The price is working hard um, to have access to someone like you. You cannot become like the chief of staff of a creator without, you know, like, the compensation of so the chief of staff. Yeah. And then and kind of, and, and I know we've spent a lot of time on this whole like psychology of, of you know, of the talent. And a lot of you might be listening going, okay, I get it. You know, respect my time, respect my boundaries. What's the next step? But I just want to say this before we switch topics is it's very important for you to understand what we just spend the last, you know, up to 10, 15 minutes on in order for you to get that strong foundation to scale properly before you have future problems. Now, one thing we, so we talked about kind of like the first interview, right? Then you wait a couple of days and do the second interview. And that's really just to kind of filter that out. But now let's really talk about, you know, how to get people to the interview, right? So where do you find creators to want to sign? And the thing I always tell people, start with your own personal channels and what's organically coming on your For You page, on your discovery page. And then naturally just see, you know, I'm going to go scroll. This person looks interesting. First thing you want to look at is their bio. Do they have a Gmail? Do they have a business one? Also, keep in mind, if it says like management at whatever Gmail, it might still just be them. They're just using a management email. But the main thing I say is stay away from anyone who already has an existing business email. They're going to clearly already be signed. Two, I would also say I typically try to stay. We will stay away from DMs. So get someone in their email and email them. Because we want someone who's, once again, serious about their work. Creators that are serious are going to check their DMs. I mean, their emails, right? They're going to make sure managing it on that aspect. So I would really focus there. Try to stay away from DMs if I was you in the beginning. And when you do that actual outreach, what you need to do as a manager is develop a quick four to five page deck. Basically, I would say research a couple of talent management companies that you like. And you kind of see how they portray themselves and create like a about us page take another page of of how we help you know influencers activate and then in terms of like the type of brands and everything you have the reality is everybody 
anyone can access any brand, right? There's Apollo, lead, there's so many lead generation softwares out there where it's not about can you access a brand, it's do you have the right talent to go to the brands? And that's really, really important. And it took us, you know, about a year and a half into it to realize this. And when you start getting really good talent, you start to realize when someone's like, what brands have you worked with? Or who can you get access to? We say anyone. It's a matter of do you have a good enough project to make someone want to respond back? So I'm not saying sit there. So when you talk about, you know, when people, creators going to ask you, what brands have you worked with? Or who do you have access to? Use that script. We can access anybody, right? There's softwares out there so, that you can get anyone. But we want a good talent to pitch to that brand. So let me break it down for the audience. First, like, I mean, like, do you go for any creator? Like, it, it, I hear you when you say, like, just go to your for you page or uh, stuff. But I feel like you and I and, and people in the industry know that there's some niche that are more profitable, right? Yeah. And definitely. so, like, you, again, as as talent manager, you have to ask yourself, is it the business or, like, a... A pet project. If it's a business, if you know, like you left your previous company to to launch this venture, you want to make sure that in less than three months you will start to have like solid income, right? And so we all know that like beauty creators are you know working well. Oh, so some different verticals. Yeah. Okay. This is what I would say when it comes to. Things, the best way is stay away from people who use 80, 90% plus of only sounds, right? So people who lip sing everything. Now, keep in mind, if they're just a why? lip singer, why? Why? We need the, we need there's the no value. The there, you, you bring no value. You have no original content. You're just literally regurgitate. Like, that is why TikTok was able to original blow up, right? It makes it easy for anyone to hop on a trend, etc. Now, the only exception we give for people using sounds is if they have an artistic element to it. So you see a lot of beauty mm. creators, they'll create, you know, they use a song, but then they'll build and create something out of it. But if all you're mm. doing is sitting there going, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. Do you, do you like mean, that whole thing that, is not valuable. Do you mean that you actually have to create something? Original. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, okay. right? So stay, I, oh my gosh, every time a manager sends us a list of, hey, here's some talent for a campaign and there's sound, I'm just, okay, the moment I see two, three, I'm not even looking at the rest of the list. It's just not worth my time. Mm. I would say that. Two, in terms of skits and, you know, that kind of stuff, stay away from, like, really high, like, controversial people that kind of talk negatively of communities, like, like, not saying there's not a space for that and there are, you know, certain brands that are into that, but the majority of where you as entry level are coming in and really getting the biggest opportunity capital-wise, I would definitely say stay away from any controversial, like, community, hate speech type of people. Also, what I would say is stay away from anyone that's basically remaking, like, copyrighted stuff. So you might get people who write remake movies, for example, right? That you're niching themselves down to only movies and movie premieres. And yes, there's capital and, you know, payment there. But it's not going to be a lot different if that person just made original skits completely. Now they just open them up by four or five verticals. So I would say focusing on the beauty niche is really great. Another niche that works really, really well is when it comes to within... Women, I would say in general. So when it comes to skits and stuff like that, 
I usually focus on someone who is building relatable content around a, a well-defined community. So you're in high school, you make specific high school skits. Some people just make mm. random skits and all over the place, just whatever comes, whatever is trending, I'll make a skit from it. Really find niche-focused people. Or maybe you're a millennial, you make things around a growing millennial and being a, a wife or upcoming wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, right? It's really niche. So I would say focus on skit people who make that niche. Also, I would say on is focus on like even like finance and business. There's a lot of, you know, payment there because not as many of them, I would say. That's good. Gaming is also a really good one. But however, it is a click to get in there. Okay. Like we as a company have tried to get into there as gaming. <laughs> what, what, and, what do you mean by this? Like you have to really love gaming and love because we've been on so many calls with gaming companies. And if you're not an actual gamer yourself, you're not going to last in there. They can smell it, man. It's like the land of the rich, smart, quirky nerds, but they're cool too because now anyone can game, right? So it's becoming this really like interesting community and like you have to be in that and enjoy it for it to work. Don't just go for it for the money. And then I would also say another sector, fitness. I don't know, man. That's a, it used to be cool back in the day, but the fitness industry, at, well, not all of it, but when, a lot of it. When you say cool, do you mean like, when, when you say cool, do you Influence mean Influence marketing, like, like money, it was, right? yeah, yeah, like it was very great, but now they've really perfected the art of affiliate marketing for the fitness niche, right? Everybody's selling some supplement. Everybody has a link for you to download their nutrition plan or guidance plan, et cetera. So that one, I'm, is a little more difficult, at least from the feedback I've seen and heard. But it's not possible, mm. right? I mean, it's not impossible. But I'm just kind of showing. Yeah. And I would also say, like, when you think of who has the money, right? CPG brands, these massive kind of, you know, companies that have that, they're typically going for super family-friendly type of people, right? So when we're mm. really signing people, the core is, are you family-friendly in some form? Like, you know, I, I can put you in Nickelodeon, yeah. but I could also put you Brand in TV. safe. I can, well, not, yeah, well, yes, yes, I would say brand safe, but I w sometimes brand safe is overshadowed by not letting people express their culture and who they are. And that's, there's a difference with that. So I want to really make sure that people aren't getting those misconstrued it, because, you know, we sign any type, but can we ourselves see ourselves putting brands out? If it was alcohol, right? That's a whole different space, right? Of that party scene, college party type of people. That they're a little more different over there, right? In terms of the content that they're willing to accept. So just understanding, you know, your passion and different avenues. There's obviously other things like DIY. There's a whole thing there. We haven't dabbled personally into that, but those kind of niche stuff, this opportunity. Sports is a big one right now, right? Yeah, but Tineshe, if you if you name all the like verticals, like it's not helping. So is this? Yeah, like yeah. No, no. I so I'm. Yeah, I'm giving them the ones I know. So I'm listening, you know, if I know, I don't know, right? So, you know, for me, like entertainment is where our realm is, where we specialize. But if someone's watching and wants to go into sports, I can't, you know, leave them hanging, you know. It's like... No, no, make, makes a lot of sense. And also, like, I'm all about how do you maximize your time, optimize your time. And as a new, like, talent manager on the game, you have to know, like, if you don't, you don't focus on one vertical or let's say two or three verticals, you will have to reach out to brands in those different verticals. So you cannot like, you know, like optimize for one type of vertical. And so it gets hard for you if you have like someone doing sports, someone doing gaming, someone doing like, I don't know, like food. 
it will be hard for you to maximize the relationship you have with one brand. So you need to be able to almost upsell the brand. So you have like, let's exactly. say Sephora, you need to be able to work with Sephora for your entire, with your entire roster or like a portion of it, right? So that's something to, to, to keep in mind. Let, let's move on to the next uh, topic, Tinashe. Is let's talk about the legal stuff. And not necessarily in the relationship with the creators, but just as, you know, like yourself, do you have to establish a business? Do you operate as a sole proprietor and just like, yeah. so you don't have a company? Uh, what is the best way to, to start? Yeah, I think the LLC is the way to go, right? And just get things Why? going. I'm going to need to direct you to my, my the accountant and legal for that. That is not in my department to give you the specific reason. Tonje, why do we do LLC? You tell us. So I will tell you why. When you have to consider to like register, incorporate a company or to decide whatever you have to do. First, focus on the business. Focus on the relationship. You don't have to sign contract with your creators like the way you meet them. Why I'm saying this is, the, and it's just my personal opinion as a you know, non-lawyer, non-accountant. Let's put that disclaimer real quick. Not even like a U.S. citizen. So, <laughs> but like on serious note, I think that you need like your company the way the day you will send your first invoice. Before that. You know, you will spend money that you don't necessarily uh, have or you will allocate this money in a place where it will do nothing for you. Like reaching out to brand, they don't care if you have your company right away. They will care about the company when you will sign the contract. Same thing with uh, creators. You can establish a relationship with your creators, but before you have any deal for them, you don't have to open a bank account or, or anything. So... Is I think it's important to have a like a legal structure, but my point is more about like the timing of it. And I've seen so many entrepreneurs spending so much time about okay, spending months, you know, and, and a lot of money on like oh meeting like all the accountants, you know, in their county, or you know, like doing like crazy stuff with lawyers to to establish like a legal structure and then we realize that they don't even know how to do business development yeah they don't know how to talk to 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 creators yeah my advice for that is like you know what i did way back go on legal zoom it's a little more expensive llc city fill in the dust they'll have their thing shipped to you in two three weeks call it good go on to the next thing right like i would definitely say like the only thing I would say from that is, yeah, and then maybe find a local credit union that allows you to have a business bank without having a big, you know, balance. Because some banks do require like $5,000 minimum for business accounts to find like a small bank. But that's all I would say is that, right? It's like, don't overthink it. I was talking to someone the other day. I was at South by Southwest. He had heard me speak. He comes up to me. Yeah, man. Oh, you were speaker? Yeah. So I yeah. I love how the way you dropped it. Ah, <laughs> you know, I gotta do I gotta do it. Yeah, shout out to Group Black and Crater. Uh, Sarah and Travis there. But the was interesting was I he he comes up to me, right? Yeah. 
so I'm working on this, you know, diet for diabetes, you know, like uh, patients, you know, I'm working on fine tuning it. I need to do my business plan and all, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I need to copyright and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, how many people have you talked to? Well, it's still really in beta. I don't want too many people to know. Oh, I'm like, yeah, you know. So I'm like, listen, no one cares about any of that. What you need to do is figure out how to make a mock as fast as possible, put it in front of as many people as possible, and get them to say, oh, you should have this, or you need to do this, or can I see more info? And then you react and you move instead of building this whole aspect and then trying to make it happen. And that's how we've always done it, right? We've just kind of go, 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 figure it out. All of a sudden, now we do series. Now we have a house. It works. It doesn't work. We keep moving. We keep pivoting. And I think the quicker you can get something in front of someone and get them to say yes or no, that's the quicker you will actually develop develop what you need. But to answer your question, LLC, just go to LegalZoom. It's a little more taxed. Some people are like, no, man, you need to just do it yourself. Just go on this. And maybe you're like, hey, I have the time. Go on YouTube. It's not that hard. It's like a $50, $100 to get your own LLC and EIN number. Or maybe you're like, hey, I don't want to really do that. Pay LegalZoom. It's like $200, $300, $350-ish, you know, tax, depending on how quickly you want to get it going. So just see your income, you know, capacity. If you don't have as much, go on YouTube. You can do it and have it within four weeks, five, or pay for it then kind of start and just meeting people, talking to people. And so we're going to, to this topic about, like, how much do I need to start? You know, because, like, you know, when, when I started in tech, people were saying that, no, you know, it's easy, you can start. You, you know, like, I started with nothing. And then when you, I was digging, we're like, oh, yeah, I started with nothing. But, you know, my grandparents gave me, like, $100,000. I was like, okay, this is not nothing, right? So, so, so. As you start and you want to shout at it, you know, you want to be able to maybe go to some like industry events like during the year, you want to be able to have a deck, you want to be able to have, let's say, like a software like on scale. Like how much like do you need for a whole year? Like if you want to be a talent manager for a whole year and you don't, you know, like depend on your income. How much do you need? Well, truthfully, you could do a zero, zero, right? And be very scrappy with everything. Hope you, hope you have a laptop, minimum at least, right? Or some type of computer. And this, in this day and age, everyone has one. If you try to jump into talent management, you can do it with your phone, but I'll say have some type of computer to be have access to. But really, the key things I would say, yeah, make sure at least you have this to like help establish like the legitimacy. At least have an email, a business email. That's on G Suite. I think it's about $10, $15 a month. So multiply that by 12, whatever that is, $130, $140 just for that. And then you don't necessarily need a website if you have a good deck. And I would say use Canva for that. You can do that. And that's about anywhere. What's what's Canva? $10 a a month. And then you can just make it and then get rid of it and then pause it. You know, you can do free Canva as well. So really, I mean, ideally from the bare bone minimum is those two things have an Instagram page, like, but even then, that's not even necessarily needed, depending. That is going to be a good base. Now, if you're like, hey, I have a roster of 10. Yeah, it's a bare minimum. It's like, yeah. if you want to, you know, like, almost go unnoticed, because, you know, it's a, it's a far west out there, you know, like, it's crazy. Anyone can pretend to be a professional. So I hear what you say, and I kind of support this, but I got level two ready. I let me know when you're ready. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, go ahead, and you I'm, go first. <laughs> and I'm and I'm, I want to say like, hey, you want to go in this business? Invest, I- invest. Like, go above the mass. Show up the right way. And so, there's having a website is not mandatory, but it's better to have one. Exactly. You know, like having the, the uh, right. Yeah, software. that's level two. Yeah, that's level two. Yeah, having the right software that will enable you to track, you know, your leads, onboard your creators. So as you you're done with the interviews, you bring your creators in the system. They would respect you even more because we see a structure, you know. Same with brands, and obviously, I have to shout out to OnScale that supports creators and and talent managers in the way they structure their business. But like, on a very serious note, like you, it's like, do you want to go to like a fake taxi? You know, like when you land at an airport and this person will pretend to be Uber and you don't know where you're going to land or you want to go in like the, the one who would look like professional and the brand, that's the way they interact with stand managers. Like, is this one a real one or not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I'll also say even going off of that, right, is that's like the level two, right? So there's different from like, hey, I'm a high schooler. I just want to get going. Do have to be a high schooler, by the way, but right, more like no income, or you're like a hey, I have a full time job. This is my side hustle. I would definitely say invest in a website, or at least minimum invest in a creator talent roster platform. So, like for example, OnScale is one of those, right? Or Creator IQ is way more expensive, but I'm not trying to, you know, plug OnScale too much in this conversation. Plug OnScale, why not? So you know, I will. Because I, I, I want to give the viewers, the- you know, options. I want to give them options, you know. So there's like on scale, there's uh, media kits is another one. But I would say I definitely do lean more on on scale, personally, just because of the other components and how you're building it to be more of a CRM vibe. Where others, in well, some of no CRM in terms of like from like being able to know who clicked on your roster and what email clicked on your roster and when they clicked and how can you use that information to go, hey, I sent this email to Amazon and I saw they viewed it. Okay, now I can email them. They viewed it 10 minutes ago. Boom, let me do a follow-up right now. It's been a week, right? And we know we were able to use our scale roster link for our activation that we're doing at Coachella and we were able to get Amazon from that deal with that link that was shared as well. Or if it's, you know, you look at other platforms, no matter where you look at, I would say don't get a link tree. That's not the vibe for you as a manager. That's a creator thing, right? So stay away from those like link and bios. Focus on a creator focused platform. You can look at these. You can do your own research as well. But look at, you know, depending on investment, can get a basic website and you have to manually upload, you know, and change your your data of your creators every single month if you want, or you can go for more of these automated platforms that do it for you on a monthly basis. So yeah, I'll definitely say that. And then investment for those can go anywhere from 300 to like 600 a month, just depending. I don't, the three, 400 stuff I've noticed is very cheap in terms of like the functionality of what it can do. But you hit that 400, I'll say 400, 450 plus range up per month. They tend to be a lot more robust. Do not, mm. I repeat, do not spend anything that's 1,000 plus, 2K plus as a as an emerging talent person. It's just not necessary. And you don't need all those features. 
So I, I would say that overall, like between like Uber, coffee meetings with brands, software, I think it's safe to say that, you know, depending on if you live in LA or New York or in a smaller city, a thousand dollars per month. So basically like 12K a, a year is a budget that can help you, you know, like start this business and have some visibility, at least for from professionals on the brand side, but also it will help, you know, enable you to reach out to mid-level and top-tier creators. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think one thing I keep having to remind myself is, because right, right now I could say, man, I could probably operate with $0 and make a couple of calls, right? But that's me three three years into the space, right? So what's interesting about, you know, when you're saying that, I'm going, technically, I don't really need any of that because the relationships I made. But it shows, like, the the type of investment I did in the beginning, right? I, we had HubSpot. We had the we had everything, right? It was a lot more expensive than 1000 a month. But you fast forward three years later, we have a CRM of over 20,000 contacts and relationships and stuff where technically we could pull everything today. And but we've spent who knows how much the last three years to develop this CRM with exactly. some really high value relationships and contacts. And my phone alone is worth who knows what, right? From making calls. But it was like what you're saying was necessary. It's the iPhone 10. It worth like hundred dollars. Okay, first one was thirteen, but the the contact. So my iCloud, okay, okay. my iCloud cloud value, not the actual physical phone itself. <laughs> Don't worry about the phone. But you know, it's, it's a metaphor. But yeah, so that was kind of part. You know, like I would say to kind of think about. But the good thing is, someone who's sitting here going, "Wow, that's a lot." But you gotta realize, TikTok videos. You know, any Instagram any platform videos can go from a thousand dollars to five thousand to twenty thousand dollars right for a post and everything like that so when you and obviously management has different fees so you're not getting the full amount but you can kind of see the type of game and feel you're going into right so the investment you have to make to maintain in that type of game also you have to be serious about it you know how much costs like a seat at we work like this co-working space a seat is about like 600, 700, like just for you to sit and share a table with strangers. So it's that expensive. So as a talent manager, you don't need necessarily to have like a like co-working space, but you have to invest in the way you present your business, the way you present yourself to the world. It's again, back to the intro, it's a reputation business. And Reputation is related to relationship, but at first it's a reputation business. How do you build a strong reputation? It's how you behave, but also how you present yourself, right? And so you have to, like, as a brand, I have to understand that, I have to feel confident that you actually have a relationship with the creator. This is not just a random name that you added to your spreadsheet or to your website, I need to feel confident. And so there's some tools on the market that can reassure brands about this relationship. I don't want to go into too much detail. I don't want to name again on scale, but like, there's this part. Then it's like, as a creator coming, like meeting with you, do you look professional? Do you look more professional than my cousin 
that already ask me to manage my, you know, to manage my business. So then I need to be able to compare, right? And if you don't have yet a track record, it's not a big deal. At least you can have a, like um, a deck that will, you know, like highlight your strategy. So you need to have a strategy. So, so you see, it's all about the relationship, all about the reputation, all about how you present yourself. And when you don't have a track record, you have to invest in your infrastructure and how you present yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So with that, you know, to kind of wrap it up too, and a last little nugget here before we wrap this up, because it's already getting an hour here, wow. is, yeah, so hopefully this AI editing does its job. And with that in mind, a really quick like hack, I would say, to grow your roster by 100, 200 in like a couple of meetings. And it's a quick way, but you're going to have to really vet out your contacts is you go to mm. a bunch of talent management companies and go, hey, I want to get deals for you guys. And they go, or, or, or her, them, they, non-binary. And they say, okay, cool. Here's my roster. Here's my roster. Here's my roster. You take three rosters, you now have 30, 40, right? 50 creators at once. Now, this strategy only works if you already have existing brand clients or hmm. you feel that you have a good strategy for sales. Because then all you can do is then put it together, you know someone, and sometimes that happens where you might have an opportunity that comes to you. Hey, can you help me? I have X amount money. And then maybe that's how you get into it. So some people might get into it that way. And they're like, hey, how do I keep doing this? So you might be someone with really good with brand connects. Maybe you were in the brand world and all your best friends you went to college with are now at that level in companies where they're you know managing budgets. You might be able to get 10, 20K out of them if you position yourself properly. That is also one way. Now, keep in mind that way, the cons with that, these talent aren't signed to you. So you don't have your email in their bio getting the inbound that manager does. So you can't touch that money. It's purely sales. Two, you have to make sure that manager is cool and close enough with that talent to where if you bring them a deal, they don't screw you over and just end up saying, oh, I don't know. They're not answering or this. So really make sure that that manager has a business and that their business email is in all those talent managers inbox. Right. Once again, you see how important it is to invest in that business email. That's an easy way to qualify. Like, OK, these talent are in this management. Now, some talent don't do that because it might be a non-exclusive situation. But that's just something like if, if they have a non-exclusive situation with that creator, don't go to, to that manager. Just go directly to the talent right, and establish that. So that's also a little mini hack to think about in terms of the type of resources you might have as, a, as an entry-level talent manager. I would add like a third point to what you say is even if you trust this talent manager and you have access to their talent, then the issue is like, do they know how to run a campaign and deliver on time? Because since you're not in the mix, you don't have the relationship with your creator. You don't know if they will deliver, you know, like the content on time or write the, the script on time and send the draft. You have to figure out a system to keep up with all the tasks and be, you know, like involved. So it's really important. There's, again, the solutions for this is might might be like the topic of another episode, but just be careful if you choose to go that road. Yeah, of course. So yeah, so these are some kind of general tips that we gave of just kind of wrap up of one, you know, it, it that first interview does matter. So if I was you have two interview processes, 
look at it, investing into your own company. Like I said, LLC, use LegalZoom and get it done. Or if you want, you can do it yourself if you have the time for research. It's not a legal advice at all. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's not LegalZoom. <laughs> like, you, they have to go to LegalZoom and then they have the disclosures on that site. And then you go from there. Right. So let LegalZoom, the professional, show you. I'm just direct. That's like me recommending a law firm. You know, it doesn't mean I'm a lawyer. I'm just recommending a law firm, you know. Okay, 100 steamers, completely random. But then the other thing we kind of talked about at the end was understanding your expectations. Investing software. Yep, expectations as a talent manager, how to find them through your For You page. We'll get more detailed about like, you know, we talked about different verticals you might be interested in hopping into. Also, I didn't, we didn't talk too much about like vetting out an account, right? Of like performance, engagement, things like that. You can find any website. We need to do an episode like just on data. Them. Yeah, because I feel like that's a whole nother situation. But first of all, just get them to respond, right, is the number one thing you need to worry on. And we've signed talent that weren't the best in the beginning, but it helped grow our roster. And mm. you, either one day they randomly, you know, blew up or some of them just kind of dwindled. But it helps also just having showing that you have strength in numbers does still go a long way. Um, as well. And then last thing, as my light turns off here, which means it's time to go, is really looking at what we just talked about is the potential hack of going to managers and letting them bring talent to you. But to do that, you have to really know the talent and their history, the talent manager and the history of that talent. And then two, you have to have the brands ready to go. So these are some things to think about. And the last thing is the creative industry is young. So you're going to have more kids looking to get signed than you do, you know, more older gen. But keep that in mind. But if you're like, hey, I'm passionate about millennials, I want to stick with millennials. There are still a lot of them out there to sign. But in terms of engagement rate and things like that, and average, you're going to see higher engagement nationally with younger creators because their audience is also on social media a lot more than a millennial or boomer audience space as well. Perfect. Please uh, leave your comments, you know, like on LinkedIn. Let us know what you think about this episode. If you have more questions for us, just drop your questions. Uh, we'll definitely take the time to, to answer. If you want us to talk about different topics in the next episodes, feel free to let us know. We'll add some links in, in the bio, in the description. Come and meet us in LA in April. Uh, we're going to be at Coachella Weekend 1. We're hosting a few dinners during the month of April. And again, Thank you for watching. It was a done deal show. And let's do it, man. Let's get some money. Let's yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll work on the outro. But And for those of you listening here on the podcast, also thank you for listening in as well. As is, you know, it is the done deal show with your co-host, Tanasi Chaponda. And the other co-host. Yes, yes, sir. Talk soon. See you next week in the next episode. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.